Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some knowledge and insight into the potential success of your career or business, no matter what part of the employment spectrum you might fall on. With LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Talent is essential to the success of any business, and there's been a lot of talk from employers lately about the lack of said talent out there. But perhaps it's just a matter of the inability to attract those individuals. Today we look to help employers find ways to acquire top talent, and we have Mark Fenner joining us from Texas. Mark is the president of Rise Performance Group, which looks to help companies improve top and bottom line performance. Talent definitely fitting in there. Mark, thanks for coming on and joining us today. Okay, thank you, Tim. First of all, before we get into the the nuts and bolts of it, if you could talk about your experience a little bit and, and what your company is all about. Sure, I appreciate that. Yeah, Rice Performance Group, you know, we're passionate about helping companies improve their top and bottom line performance. Uh, Between my partner and I, we have over 50 years of business and leadership experience. We're founded on the belief, Tim, that people are a company's most important asset. However, the challenge is that people assets are also the most complex and also the most difficult to manage. Companies today are under more pressure than ever to reduce costs, increase revenue, and increase earnings, and they're doing it in a very competitive marketplace. And high-performing companies recognize that to achieve the above, they've got to continually increase employee engagement. And the mantra of doing more with less has created a work environment that in many times uh, employees are not fulfilled and are not maximally engaged in their firms. Uh, But for a number of reasons, they're afraid to leave. And companies uh, are not seeing turnover. However, they are also not seeing maximum productivity either. Uh, The current economic climate has stacked companies with employees that are essentially the equivalent of the walking dead. This means that uh, the employee is missing out on the juice and passion associated with a career that is truly fulfilling, and the employer misses out on an employee that is maximally engaged in their work. There are many things uh, a company can do to improve employee engagement, compensation, rewards, work environment, just to name a few. However, our company, Rise Performance Group, we really specialize in helping companies with the two foundational aspects of employee engagement and maximum productivity. And without these foundational aspects, these two foundational aspects, maximum engagement is not possible. And uh, these two are number one, job fit. You know, are we hiring people that can meet the mental demands of the job? Do they have the right behavioral traits? And do they have the right occupational interests that make them a natural fit for what the job uh, requires? And number two, uh, leadership effectiveness. So without job fit, a leader can't get maximum effectiveness. But also even somebody that's a great fit, if they're missing that attribute of leadership effectiveness, then an employee is not going to be maximally engaged. And we've all heard, you know, people quit their bosses, not their companies. So our company, Rise Performance Group, provides tools and services to help ensure our clients are hiring and promoting the right person to the right job and that they are consistently developing and measuring the effectiveness of their leaders. You know, and a lot of the stuff you, you touch on there, um, you talk about fit and that being a big word that we hear around a lot of the industries we talk with. And clearly the idea of talent is a, is a topic and, and that fit, whether it be, you know, cultural fit or obviously a, a talent fit. In general, have you seen or experienced that companies are, they're having more or less difficulty trying to bring in that talent, that, that right fit? What's been your experience lately? Well, we're, we're clearly seeing that companies are having a hard time finding top tier talent. 
you know, you read the news and you see the high unemployment and conventional wisdom would say, you know, there should be a plethora of good talent that's out there, but it's not. And, uh, and I think a lot of the trends are, you know, the good people are working today. So that's mm. not different from, from what it was like even in a low unemployment environment. But I think what's different today is that employees are more cautious about making a job change. Sure. I think um, a lot of us have um, retreated a little bit and we're, we've gone to more of the conservative sides of our personalities and we're less likely to take the risk. And let's face it, going to another job or taking on another career or switching has an element of risk associated with that. And so in today's economy, you know, em- employees don't always feel that the grass is greener on the other side. You know, with that said, obviously that plays a factor in trying to draw someone into your own company if you're if you're looking to hire. In terms of that initial stage of getting the word out for an opening or you know looking to, to fill a position, what do you see are the essentials for a company to really target or focus upon? Well, I think one, you know, I kind of always talk about the need to have a marketing 101 approach to talent acquisition. It's not that different from acquiring customers. Uh, for your company. Mm -hmm. You need to develop a target market and you need to think about what does that target market look like and what are the needs and the desires and what are the pain points of the folks that are in that target market that I want to acquire to my company. And then I need to put together a marketing strategy that communicates the benefits of how my company and how coming to work for my organization can help meet those unmet needs. And then they need to get that word out into the marketplace and uh, and go after and attract those candidates. Would you say overall then there are probably too many, you know, I want to say, cookie cutter descriptions of what, of what jobs are and they're not really using that marketing aspect? I mean, is that a big concern you would say? Yeah, I think it's important to write a job description in a way that meets more of the emotional needs of the candidate mm. and... Uh, you know, so many job descriptions today are, are pretty blandly written right. and, uh, you know, they miss some of the marketing aspects of what your company can bring to the table other than just the work and other than what just what you're looking for uh, in the candidate. I mean, d- don't be afraid to sell uh, the benefits of coming to work for your organization and what working with your team can mean to that individual and to their career. How much then does a, a company's mission or vision, so to speak, how much does that play a role in, in actually bringing in some of this top talent? I think the mission and the vision of the company is absolutely critical to attracting top talent. I actually, this this weekend, was uh, surfing the net and reading some leadership information, and I came up with a quote that, that I believe kind of sums this up real nicely and very succinctly, and, it, and it's from a, a gentleman named Simon Sinek. But he said, if you hire people just because they can do a job, they'll work for your money. But if you hire people who believe what you believe, they'll work with, they'll work with you with blood, sweat, and tears. Hmm. And so really what, what Simon's saying is what I've been you know, talking about for years is that you've got to appeal to the emotional needs of your employees. You've got to get them emotionally connected to your cause, to your mission, to what you're trying to do for the company, which is more than just making money. Making money is just a a byproduct. We're really here, you gotta really find a way to articulate and communicate how your company is making a difference. Hmm. And that's what really gets people 
uh, an employee's emotionally attached to your organization, which drives engagement, which means you get more productivity out of them. They think they're excited when they come to work. Um, they're not only intellectually committed to the job, but they're emotionally committed to the job, which drives engagement, which drives more productivity, which ultimately brings more profitability uh, for the company. You talk about employees having that blood, sweat, and tears kind of mentality. Another area that a lot of people talk about uh, in terms of wanting to join a company is this idea of career advancement. And it seems like kind of a vague term, and, and a lot of times you'll see in a description, it'll just say something like opportunities for advancement. To me, that says you know very little, obviously. Is there a way for an organization to really put out there and portray, look, this is where you can go within our organization, where people feel they can have that connection for a number of years? Well, I think companies that are growing and have a lot of advancement should absolutely promote that. I mean, uh, you, you know, clearly, I mean, I, I think that's one of the biggest motivators to getting top tier talent is they want to get into an organization where they can grow. But, you know, not every company has a tremendous opportunity for advancement. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the challenges is, especially when hiring millennials, is they're looking for that short-term fix. So they're looking year one, year two, okay, where do I go? And, sure. and not every company's blessed to be able to say, work for us for six months, and then we're going to start looking at a, at a different management position for you. So I think, you know, where that's appropriate, clearly I want to, I want to promote that, but I also want to think about our, our vision and our mission and how are we making a difference and how can we bring somebody on board and leverage their creativity and leverage their ideas to help move the, move the company forward. I think, you know, the two higher needs that employees have when they get into an organization is the ability to grow and the ability to contribute. And growth doesn't always mean growing to a new job or growing to a promotion in the company. It can mean helping us grow to achieve our goals as an organization, to get better at meeting the needs of our customers, to get better at helping us deliver on the cause or the mission that we have for our company. And so I think companies, I mean, I think they can't be afraid to communicate that to candidates uh, when they're recruiting. I think that gives them a great opportunity mm -hmm. to, to hire great talent, even if they don't, aren't exploding and, and providing career advancement in the traditional sense. You know, we talk a little bit about the, the marketing idea, and, and I've seen some things about trying to really differentiate the message from a company looking to hire uh, based on what they're looking for. If they're looking for more experienced, uh, you know, high-level type personnel versus maybe a recent college graduate and really focusing that, that language, is that something you would suggest or are there some dangers in really funneling what you're looking for in terms of maybe you, you miss out on somebody? What's sort of your take on that uh, real focused message when you're looking to bring in talent? You know, I think you want to make sure, and I, and I caution my clients on this often, you don't want to oversell the. You don't want to oversell the position. I mean, I'm a big believer in underselling and over delivering, <laughs> and that's with employees just as you would with with customers. Right. You, you want to set the right expectations, but effective leaders are masters at linking the job to the overall mission and vision of the organization. And so whether I'm hiring a senior level person, a middle level person, or a front level line individual contributor, as a leader to get the best talent, we got to talk about how their job is going to link to the overall mission of the organization. 
you know, as part of that, when you're looking to, to find that, that right person, that right candidate, uh, when you're looking at the true skills or the type of candidate that you're looking for, you're trying to attract into a particular position, what's the best way to determine that as far as what's really needed here and how that's going to fit into the, the rest of the organization? You know, I think it starts with, you know, looking at the the managers that are going to run that position, that the folks that know that job the best. Mm-hmm. Um, have got to be able to, you know, start with a clear-cut message of what competencies and what behavioral traits do they feel they're going to need in that in a person to be successful in that role. Now, if it's a role that's been around for a while, I certainly want to analyze top, middle, and bottom performers mm-hmm. and correlate their competencies and their traits to high performance. So which are the which are the competencies and which are the traits that are really making a difference in performance in this job? And then over time, you know, companies have got to do a good job. And and I and I see a a big opportunity here where they're not quick enough to start to measure performance. So there's people that are successful in a job because they've been in the job for four years and they've adapted and they've become successful. But there's also those folks that you hire that come right out of the gates that are that are successful in that job in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I like to really study and really correlate. What are the traits? What are the competencies that those individuals have? And then how can we put that together in our profile of what we're looking for in future candidates? Does it make any sense or would it be beneficial to, you know, if you're looking at maybe current or past employees of that position you're looking to fill, you know, maybe a couple people fill those spots to do things like surveys or, or interview others? I know some uh, companies obviously do you know, exit interviews, although that's not necessarily what they focus on is what worked in their position or what they really needed skills wise. Is that something you've seen you would recommend that would have benefits? What's sort of your thought there? Absolutely. The more the more data, the better. Hopefully we're getting performance data and it's not just with the annual performance review. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we're getting performance data. Preferably we're getting quarterly feedback, but at least semi-annual where we can build it, you know, where we can build a file of what this person's doing really well. And we do that around some key performance criteria for that job. And hopefully we're doing a good job when we hired them. Um, we've, we've given the, the candidate, we've, we've put them through some assessments so we can kind of get underneath the covers and understand their behavioral traits, understand their thinking style, understand, you know, their occupational interests. So again, we can start to, to benchmark which of those traits lead to high performance, which of those traits lead to low performance, and which of those traits may lead to high performance but quick turnover. Hmm. And uh, we can track those and we can start to correlate and we can start to get a uh, more refined rifle type shot as we go out and we look for new candidates uh, to hire for the position. When we talk about a lot of these, you know, uh we're clearly speaking in generalities because every person can have their own situation, but you talk about skills or labeling a position, that sort of thing. It, it seems to me that especially with small businesses, it's tough to kind of put a label on a, a certain position and, and narrow down those skills because at many places, a candidate may end up putting their hands on a lot of different projects, different areas 
What's sort of your suggestion in terms of, of that, of putting a label on a position versus figuring out the, the skills and the duties and the responsibilities? Because as you mentioned, you don't want to you don't want to oversell it, but you also don't want to leave off some of those, you know, potential responsibilities they have that don't fit into that specific label when you hear, you know, marketing assistant. You know, that may mean one thing to somebody, but where's the balance there between the label versus a skill and, and responsibility, that sort of thing? Well, this comes down to a good process of when they bring a person on board. And clearly in a smaller company where an individual wears multiple hats, you know, in, in some cases I, I, you know, encourage my clients to be flexible in their job descriptions. Sure. If somebody brings a tremendous amount of experience in one area or real strong capability in another, you know, don't be afraid to adjust or uh or expand that job description, or maybe look at a way to take somebody that has a real talent in one area, but maybe is a little bit deficient in another, is there a way to balance the team to maybe help compensate for something that this individual that we're bringing in isn't quite as, uh, isn't quite as strong in? So to your point, in smaller companies, you know, you've got to be a lot more flexible. And this comes down to really having a good interview process. And having a good interview process that not only looks at the person's track record, looks at their success, looks at what they've done uh, from a resume perspective, but also does a good cultural assessment of how they're going to fit into the organization and make sure that there's a good, strong fit, not just with the direct uh, manager or the department that they're going to work in, but with other supporting departments. I'm a big fan of of an interview process that brings people in from different areas of the organization and gives their opinion on how well they're going to fit from a, from a cultural perspective. But then also creating a database of how well they fit from a job fit perspective and, and using some psychometric assessment tools to get a good feel and build a database of people in different, in different types of jobs and which of those traits really correlate to success so that you become more knowledgeable about people as a whole. And you can understand as our, as our organization grows, as our needs evolve, as we're looking to promote people into different roles or as, as jobs shift, as we look at rebalancing work in the, uh, in the company, we understand what types of behavioral traits, what types of thinking styles work best for the types of work that we have. How about in terms of if you are an employer, you know, someone listening, they want to proactively, you know, search for this talent, as you've mentioned and other people have talked about, you know, the, the majority of, of more talented individuals are probably already working somewhere. And you, you, you mentioned the idea of people less willing to leave uh, just because of the certain economic situations. What would be your suggestion to try to corral those those passive job seekers, you know, people who have a position aren't necessarily looking for a new one? What what should an employer do in that situation if they are really looking hard to find that top talent? Well, I've never been a, a big fan, and I've never promoted um, hiring from our competition. Hmm. I, I think that's got a lot of problems uh, associated with it. Clearly, there's some jobs. Um, where it may make sense to go find a, a key player from a competitor to help us get a new area started or a new vision started, um, somebody with a, with a senior leadership. But when I'm looking for you know, middle management, when I'm looking for uh, frontline employees, individual contributors, I like to look at wh what's required for the job. 
you know, what is the job going to require? So kind of back to what we, what we talked about earlier. Sure. And what are some industries or some companies that are maybe tangential to what we're doing that the employee sees it as a step up, but we know that they've got a lot of the key capabilities? Or we look at a certain set of schools that we want to recruit out of it. If it's a job that we have enough that we're doing enough hiring in that we can really develop some good statistics around. I mean, I've got clients where we've got it nailed down to where we've got three or four schools that we hire out of. Hmm. And we found that the, you know, those students that come out have the highest probability of for success in these roles. So it really comes down to, again, what we talked about earlier, understanding what we're looking for first and foremost and then finding some sources for those, whether we're recruiting straight out of school or straight out of the trade schools, or whether we're hiring from another company or another industry where maybe they've gotten some experience that's, that well suits them for the transition into, into our organization. And then it gets back to, to one-on-one you know, marketing. Clearly, I'm a big fan of uh, all the social media sites that we have out there, LinkedIn, I'm a big fan of using our existing employees, mm-hmm. paying referral bonuses and that type of thing uh, to help us find those uh, candidates. And I'm a, I'm a fan of, of using recruiting firms that can get in if you give them a real good understanding of what we're looking for and helping them rifle shot find those candidates that are, the, are, are best suited for our organization. With a lot of the things we've talked about, you know, clearly we're looking at trying to find that best talent, the top talent. Uh, but you also mentioned things about fit, obviously. Is there a, a balance to figuring out, you know, maybe you take somebody who has a little less perceived talent because they do fit in better, either personality-wise, mental makeup, that sort of thing. Is there a certain balance there or do you always lean towards the talent? What's sort of your take on that situation? Well, that's the... <laughs> That's the, you know, that's what makes this job so much fun. So, so there's, no, there's no silver bullet. There's no one, one right answer there. And, and every situation is, is very different. You know, I, I work with a lot of sales organizations. And, you know, sometimes you can get that top performer that can really wreck a lot of havoc in mm-hmm. terms of following process and following procedure. So if a company doesn't care about that, if they need somebody that they can, you know, give a give a bag to and give it give a territory and say go make it happen, and uh, they want them to go run, then then certainly I'm more willing to go for that that top talent. But if we're trying to really build a big team and we're trying to put consistent process in place and we're trying to uh, you know really drive a standard way of doing business, then I might bias a little bit you know, a little bit more towards finding somebody that's going to fit in there as a good team player and maybe maybe look a little bit harder at that person that we think is going to be a top performer. Mm-hmm. You know, hiring is, is it's, still, it's still about taking risk when you hire. There's no silver bullet. There's, there's people, I'm working with a client right now and he's like, Mark, you know, we hired this person. They had this impeccable resume. I mean, their track record in their previous company was was unbeatable, but they came in here and they failed. And they failed because our culture's different. Sure. And, uh, you know, we're looking for people that, you know, that don't need a lot of hand-holding. We're looking for somebody that can go make it happen, highly independent. We're looking for somebody that can handle a tremendous amount of change because our company's changing and our industry's changing and, we're, and we chase things. 
You know, we chase a lot of hot opportunities, and so we really need somebody like that. So in their eyes, you know, they thought they were hiring this pure top performer that was going to be this rainmaker, but what happened was they didn't get that because that person didn't fit the culture. So I think it's important to understand, you know, what is our culture, what are we really looking for, and understand the trade-offs between, you know, top performer and maybe quirky personality or highly independent personality or somebody that might, you know, cause some some waves in the organization. And, and is it worth it? Some cultures it is, some it isn't. You know, that's a balance that the individual client has to take into consideration and decide to live with. Now, to sort of try to summarize all this, and, and you've obviously touched on a number of different areas, and there's been a, a lot of a, a central focus to what you've said, uh, your message, and, and it relates to you know, a company having a focus on what they want exactly. But if we were to place you in a room full of business people, just begging you, how can I bring in this this top talent? How can I attract them in? That sort of thing. What would be your best piece of advice or guidance in terms of that starting point or just the, a key to success? Well, I think it goes back to, to what we talked about earlier, and that's really develop a powerful you know, mission statement. And, and what do we really believe in and live it and find a way to get it communicated down to the people that you're hiring and make sure that your hiring managers and your leaders that are bringing in talent are effective at communicating that message. You need to find people that are in alignment with your core beliefs and your core mission. They're in alignment with what you're trying to accomplish. Those are the ones that are gonna have the highest probability of, of being successful in your organization. And then get the word out. You know, get the word out through um, job boards, get the media, get the word out through social media, get the word out through your existing employees in terms of what you have to offer in your organization. And get them to talk about, you know, your vision, your mission, your beliefs. I think that's what's important in attracting top talent and top talent that's going to be a fit in your unique company, in your unique situation. Well, it definitely uh, sounds like a good way to wrap things up here on Moving Up the Ladder. Uh, as we talked about, of course, there's talent out there, and perhaps now employers can draw in some of those matches based on some of the stuff Mark has discussed with us today. Our expert on the topic of acquiring top talent has been Mark Fenner, president of Rise Performance Group. Mark, where can people find out about you and your company as well? Uh, they can go to www.riseperformancegroup.com. All right, great. And thanks once again for bringing us your perspective on this topic. Okay, thank you, Tim. Of course, it's always great to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So please drop us an email with comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.